is Psalm 145, verses 10 through 17. All your, all your works shall give thanks to you, O God, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are fallen and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. So before offering the New Testament scripture reading to you this morning, uh, you'll note on the screen that's an artist's uh, depiction of what the scripture reading is about. This is Jesus' encounter with the ten lepers. And something to consider, you'll notice Jesus is walking on the road. And uh, Jesus performed ministry so often while he was on the move from one place to another. He was not anticipating this encounter with these ten very sickly people. Rather, they prevailed upon him. And it tells you something about the ministry uh, that the God's people are involved with is that much of ministry opportunity occurs when you are on the move and when you are not planning it at all. So listen now to God's word for us. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine? Where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Let the good news come now, our Heavenly Father, not only in word but also in power and with full conviction through the working of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So I'm trying to picture in my mind this scene that the Bible lifts up to us in the Gospel of Luke, meeting up with Jesus as he is 
traveling to Jerusalem, that holy city where his forebearers came from. That's when he encounters these ten lepers. And we're told that they were waving their arms, saying to Jesus, have mercy upon us. Now, if you consider their plight, you can certainly understand why they would be wildly waving their arms, because these were desperate people. As lepers, they were the untouchables of their day. They were considered godless and unclean because of their disease. And they lived outside the city and were not welcomed in any town, village, or city. In fact, if a leper were to wander into a city or village, a citizen of that place could pick up a stone or a rock and hurl it at that person with leprosy. And if it killed the person, well, the assailant would bear no consequence. It was thought that if you were a leper, a skin disease, which today we are able to treat but with modern medicine, that all you had to do was touch that leper or that leper reach out and touch you and you could become one yourself. That's why you had leper colonies in these ancient times, designated areas for these people to live in. And that's why the Bible says that even as they cried out to Jesus, they kept their distance. They knew they were not allowed to approach or get close to people who were whole. These men lived a hand-to-mouth existence, cut off from every vestige of human compassion. And because of their station in life, they were not allowed to partake of even the most basic human privileges. I just wonder if this was how many people who were in the throes of the coronavirus when the pandemic was at its peak, those lying in hospital beds and ventilators pumping oxygen into their lungs so that they could breathe and intravenous tubes to provide fluids to keep them alive. And because of their restrictions, they had to suffer these ailments alone. They were modern-day untouchables. So those ten men, dressed in rags, waving at Jesus, when we we vision, vision them, it makes us feel uneasy because it reminds us just how vulnerable we all are. Any number of circumstances could prevail themselves upon us and our whole lives can be changed. There can be any number of ways that life can throw the cruel surprises upon us And you find yourself kind of standing next to those lepers. Lord, help us. The doctor shows you an x-ray with a strange image on it and begins to tell you about treatments that are in store for you. No, no. Or an expectant mother receives word that uh, the child she is carrying has an irregular heartbeat. And the future looks shaky. What do I do? She says. Or your employer abruptly and without warning tells you that the company is cutting back and your name is on the let-go list. These are the kinds of moments in life that show us just how fragile life is and how vulnerable we all can be. I have to wonder what it must be like for those living in the war-ravaged region of Gaza. People there, they can look back to pre-October 7, and they were living their normal, routine lives. 
And then, after all of the strife, suddenly their lives are anything but that. They are cut off, not only from the world, but also from the ones that they care about the most. So these ten lepers, hearing that Jesus was a man of compassion, who healed people of their diseases, they seek Jesus out, and when they find him, they cry out to him. Have mercy. Now what I find curious is what Jesus says to them. In response to their cries for mercy, and Jesus was always one who was moved to compassion uh, when people were in desperate straits. Instead, he says this to them. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now think about that. The priests were those who dwelled in what place? In the cities. The houses of worship were there. And this was the very place that lepers were not allowed to go to because they weren't wanted there. And if they tried to go into the city, the place where the priests were, there was the danger of having rocks or stones thrown at them or even worse. And even if they managed to sneak into the, you know, the city gates and plotted their way to the entrance of the place of worship, they would not have been allowed to enter there because they were considered religiously unclean as well. A leper was clearly marked by the lesions on his skin. And there was no hiding who you were. And Jesus was asking them to perform this extraordinarily perilous act. Go and show yourselves to the priests. As if that was somehow an easy thing to do. And what I admire about these ten lepers is that they did exactly what they were told to do. They, you know, you, you have to wonder what was going through their minds as they set their eyes on the uh, city where they were to go to find these, these priests, knowing that they weren't welcome and that they were putting their lives in danger. Yet, you know, often this is what it means to obey Jesus. It means setting your eyes on that place where Jesus wants you to go, even though you are uncertain about what's going to happen when you go there. It makes no sense sometimes, and sometimes we don't have a clue about what we're going to do when told to go there, but you go anyway. Go, said Jesus, and they went. Jesus is driving home a hard message here. That even in the midst of our hardship, even in the midst of the woes and the worries of life, he calls us to actions of obedience. Actually, I find this true in my own personal faith life. Frequently, I go to God with my arms full of things that I want him to take care of. And I oftentimes don't find him as sympathetic as I would like him to be. I come to God filled with my arms, you know, with burdens and worries. Can you take these away, Jesus? And the response we get is go, serve, and do. Now, this is not the end of the story. Because as these ten lepers are making their journey to the city, to the place where the priests were, Step by painful step, they are healed of their disease. They were made clean. 
In that moment, they were transformed from outcasts, cut off from the world, shunned and derided into fully restored human beings. And then the Bible says this, one of them, with an emphasis on only one, turned back to offer praise and thanks to Jesus. And then we are told that he prostrated himself. That is, he literally got down on all fours at the feet of Jesus and offered his gratefulness to Jesus. The question Jesus asked, you know, there were ten of you, where are the other nine? And of course, that's the question we all ask after these ten lepers dressed in rags, after they get their lives back, only one returns to offer thanks to Jesus. Where are the other nine? And maybe we should give these guys some slack. You know, they were so elated over what happened that they wanted to get home to their families as soon as they could to resume the life which had been taken away from them. So much time had already been lost. Or maybe since they were now restored to full health, they had things that they had to do, responsibilities to take care of, fields to plow, crops to grow, fish to catch. And perhaps a couple of these nine who were healed were thinking, you know, someday I'll track that Jesus down and I'll thank him for what he did. But I think it goes much deeper than that. These ten lepers demonstrated what it meant to be obedient, which is a critical aspect of what discipleship is. In the midst of their pain, Jesus said, Go, show yourselves to the priests, and they obeyed. But there is more to Christian discipleship than just obedience. There is more to living the Christian life than simply saying yes to the directions that we are given. Discipleship is also about being grateful for what God has done for us. It is the recognition that God has done something abundantly gracious and then showing that you are abundantly grateful. Only one of the ten lepers seemed to get that. You know, this is really what worship is. The image of that, of that one leper turning back and, and praising God. It is expressing our gratefulness for, for him, you know, doling out more than we could ever deserve, no matter how obedient we may be. For those nine lepers who did not return and give thanks to Jesus, you know, it was nothing personal. Jesus, this is what you told us to do. We did it, and now in exchange, you have healed us. We asked you to do this. We obeyed. Nothing personal. But that one leper who turned back, it was very personal. And he knew that no matter what he did, no matter how well he obeyed Jesus, that he could never earn what Jesus gave to him. What Jesus gave him was a gift, a wonderfully abundant, gracious gift, because Jesus decided to be graciously abundant. So, we have to ask ourselves, do our lives reflect this gratefulness? 
You know, the cynical part of me thinks that just as nine out of ten of those lepers did not return and give thanks to Jesus, there's probably nine out of ten times in my life that I don't appropriately thank God for all the goodness that he has given to me. The Christian life must be a grateful life. The Christian life must be a grateful life even when life is not going well. It's true that Jesus calls us to obedience when life is tough. He also calls us to be thankful when life is tough. Give thanks in all circumstances, says the Apostle Paul. This is the will of Christ Jesus for you. So one of the hymns that we sing during this season, we're going to sing it in a moment. Now thank we all our God. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices whose wondrous things have done in whom this world rejoices. To hear and sing this old hymn, you have to get the impression that this was written out of a time of great blessing and abundance for the one who wrote this hymn, but that was not true. It was written during the period of what was known as the Thirty Years' War in Europe, when there was turmoil all over that, that continent. It was written by a German Lutheran pastor. His name was Martin Rinkart. Now, Rinkart's parish sat in the city called Eilenburg. It is a walled city. Because it was a walled city, it became a refuge for political and military fugitives during the war, as well as families whose homes were destroyed. And with all these people flocking to this city, it became overcrowded and then came disease and pestilence. By today's standard, it would be called a pandemic that occurred within the confines of these walls. They couldn't leave because it was unsafe to do so, but inside the walls was also an unhealthy place. Rinkart would even open his house and try to give aid to these desperate people, even though he had struggles putting food on the table and giving enough clothing for his children. So the peak of the severity of this pandemic came in 1637 when Pastor Rinkert found himself to be the only pastor in that city willing to stay. All the others had abandoned it. And during this peak period, he conducted as many as 40 to 50 funerals a day. And I wonder how it is that this man stood there with his Bible, you know, day after day in front of this mass grave, and able to write lyrics to a hymn, He hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. That's because he was convinced that no matter how surrounded by death he was, that in Jesus Christ, this did not have the last word. When life dished out the worst, he held before him the one who had overcome the worst. And so the final words of these hymns are, The one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be ever more. What God has given to us in Jesus Christ, no one or no thing can take it away. So Pastor Rinkert and that one leper 
They get it. But the real question is, as followers of Jesus, do we? Amen and amen.